Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It is Pucks with Panger, checking in with Darren Pang, longtime NHL announcer. Of course, you know him in St. Louis. Now he's in Chicago. You see him on TNT. Our visits are brought to you by Offenberg Hyundai, located in O'Fallon, Illinois. All your car needs. One spot, OffenbergHyundai.com. Easy to get to from downtown St. Louis. I know how we are. Oh, it's all the way over there. You're buying a car. You want to make sure you're getting it from the right place. Offenberg is a great name in the local auto industry. So is Hyundai when it comes to an international brand. You put them together, Offenberg with Hyundai. Going to get a great car and great service. And Matt's a great friend of mine. Sponsoring these segments with Darren Pang. So fun to visit with Panger. And now maybe a little different perspective since he's not in St. Louis every day. And a lot of times when we talk, I'll kind of ask him what the rest of the league is saying about the Blues or what direction they're headed. Certainly things are trending up for the Blues. Have been for a little while now. Let's hope it's at least a uh, playoff team. That changes everything. I don't think the Blues franchise wants to get accustomed to not making the postseason. And uh, right now, again, things are trending up. But in addition to Darren Pang, we're going to roll right out of that into a visit with Keith Kachuk. Wednesdays with Big Walt. Hey, Marty, I forgot my phone, but uh, call me anyway. So it's Big Walt, it's Darren Pang. We're covering a lot of ground here, some Winter Classic talk. Bringing back that alumni game. Next year, Wrigley Field, Blues, Blackhawks, wouldn't that be fun? And as Panger points out, what about a younger edition? I mean, it was great last time at Bush Stadium. Now you do one that maybe David Backus is running Seabrook into the boards. It would be fun to get a new twist on this. So we shall see. So Darren Pang, Keith Kachuk right here. It's all part of the Kill Coin Conversation. We appreciate you supporting all of our segments. Listening on Spotify or iTunes. Post everything at scoopswithdannymac.com. Do segments with Dan McLaughlin every Monday. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the content. You can always go back and check it out. Almost all of our interviews hold up. They're not necessarily about the game the night before. So if you go back and find a segment from two years ago with Bob Costas or Joe Buck or Mario Andretti, all of them, uh, I think, for the most part, stand up. So thanks for all your support. Let's do it. Pucks with Panger presented by Offenberg Hyundai. It's time for Pucks with Panger. Darren Pang on the line with us, I think back from a uh, massive golf trip, which sounds like a heart attack, a massive golf trip. But was that, was that last week in Phoenix? You uh, did a death march in the desert? A death march in the desert, man. It was so great. <laughs> It was so uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, what I what I did was, um, you know, with that break, uh, the Hawks were in. Um, well, let me see, they're in Vancouver, Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary, and uh, believe it or not, on a Sunday morning, I couldn't get a flight direct to uh, to in in time in Arizona for a, for a one o'clock tea time where all the boys were were meeting us there, and so I flew back with the team back to Chicago, stayed at the airport, and got a flight an hour and a half later. And then ended up in uh, in Arizona at about nine thirty or ten o'clock, right on the box. And there was twelve of us. We had quite a group. Um, Want to listen to some of our? Oh, here I was going to say it's time for a little name drop. Let's do this. Let's do it. 
Okay, so uh, NHL hockey guys, John Bouchergrass yeah. of ESPN, avid golfer, loves his, loves the game. He's an eight. Uh, he's a ten handicap. Uh, Ray Ferraro. Um, of chicken Parm. They call him Darren. They call him Chicken Parm. I don't know if you knew that. They, yeah, they call him Chicken Parm. Well, number thirteen for the St. Louis Blues yeah. before he tore his ACL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, nine handicap. Uh, Ken Holland, the GM of the uh, mm-hmm. Oilers, seven handicap. Uh, Mike Commodore, uh, one of the funniest guys on uh, on social media. Uh, Stanley Cup champion, uh, four handicap. Uh, myself a two, and Ray Whitney. Um, who was probably maybe one of the most underrated, especially small players in the history of the game. Um, he was there as well. Honestly, I think Ray Whitney, you know what, with, with all these guys going into the Hall of Fame, we're, we're now caught in the trap of throwing all these names out there for Hall of Fame you know, credentials because I think we're putting too many in there, for, for my liking, personally, uh, that maybe aren't so special. But in saying all that, I was throwing Ray Whitney's numbers up against uh, some of the guys that just recently went into the Hall of Fame, and you could make an argument. So is he the vodka? Is argument. he the vodka guy too? No, that's uh, Ryan Whitney. Ryan Whitney. Okay, my bad. Okay, yeah. Well, he's. Yeah, oh, I'm no, sorry. Okay. He's in the vodka Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. That's different. That's an entirely. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like a heck of a trip. A lot of fun, and now hockey is back. We're raring to go after a little bit of a break, and then we get news that the Blues and Blackhawks are going to play at Wrigley Field, the Winter Classic, and you're going to be smack dab in the middle of this one way or the other. How about that? Your two teams, Blues, Blackhawks, together. <laughs> what a what a venue, Wrigley for. Outdoor hockey. This is going to be pretty cool next New Year's year, New Year's Day next year. Yeah, yeah. And whether whether the date's going to be January one or 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 uh, December thirty first, I think that still hasn't been determined, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So, um, but but uh, you know, and watching Connor Bedard, uh, which I had a chance to talk to him last night after the TNT game I did in in Chicago, and and he was so excited. I got to be honest with you, he doesn't. You know, he, he hasn't seen the seasons yet of, of Chicago, and, and he was just asking all about it and, and going to uh, – he wants to go to a Bears game. He wants to go to a, you know, a, a game at Wrigley and Comiskey. But he, uh, he got to go at, actually in the, in the back, in the outfield, and he got to change the score. So he got to put – you know, going back there. You know what that – have you ever been back there, Martin, and, and, and sat inside uh, the, the, the scores? I, I have not. I've been, in, I've been in the bleachers. I have not been in the actual manual scoreboard. Uh, it's really cool, and and the, like the numbers, the the letters and the numbers are all like they're all real like metal. I mean, they're not light and plasticky things. So he actually got to go in there and uh, and and look around and and see and see see what everything was all about and see Wrigley. And so the young man was quite excited, and it's no secret that they're you know the reason why the Hawks are in this Winter Classic. I think we all know it's the same reason why. You know, Sidney Crosby got sold and did so many classics, and Ovechkin did as well. And then, you know, the Hawks went through theirs. The Boston Bruins have gone through theirs. Well, certainly, Connor Bedard's got a lot of responsibility in, in having this opportunity to, to showcase it and go out there and make the introduction and, and be ready for the Winter Classic next year. It's going to be great. And also, you know, like having the Winter Classic at, at, uh, um, at, at Bush was, uh, to, to me, Martin, I thought that was phenomenal. Like the alumni game. I don't think I've seen an alumni game quite as good as that one. Maybe go back to the Edmonton Oiler Montreal Canadian one, which was the original Heritage Classic before NBC started the one in, in Buffalo in the Winter Classics. But I mean, you know, the one that we had in, in St. Louis was just so great. And seeing the arch and the sun was shining, it was a perfect day. Uh, hopefully, we can get back to doing an alumni game again 
and uh, and because they they've kind of stopped that. I don't know if you noticed that, but since COVID, they they haven't had that. So maybe they can bring it back there for that game. That, that yeah, that's Saturday before. I think it was a well, whatever it was the day before the Winter Classic at Bush. That was so much fun to go in the Cardinals locker room and look and see Brian Sutter hanging out and Federico's on the other side, just these great, you know, Gretzky played. I don't know if you know Wayne at all, but that game. I heard of him. Um, that was pretty, they should bring that. A Blues Blackhawks alumni game, that's for sure. If they're going to bring it back, do it for them. That would, we can still say Secord sucks or whatever, like the old days. Well, but you know what else though? Like think about some of the players now, like even forget about the, the Secord days or even the Denny Savard and, and those days, but look at the guys that are, going to be retired like maybe officially retired like it you know you got the the guys that the blues fans really didn't like in the last few years jonathan taves yeah. uh, i mean kane will still be playing jonathan taves andrew shaw i mean he was en- enemy number one that would be a great one to have in that one the How about, is seabrook is seabrook retired is seabrook retired seabrook's retired as well and uh like we, we you know you could have a real modern day Backus, one. You could throw get back out Backus there and, yes and 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 Steen and maybe Backus will fight uh, fight Taves thinking they're going to play on the Olympic teams again <laughs> against one another. I mean, we could have something so great oh, right there and make it I happen. Mean, got, make it happen, yeah, Panger. You got you got Brian Elliott. You've got uh, some of the goaltenders. Uh, well, Carter Hutton, Ty Conklin. Maybe Ty Conklin could play in his 900th uh, Winter Classic outdoor game. <laughs> He seems to have played in a lot of them, but you know, just thinking of, of of that in the modern day player that's just retired, I think would be fantastic. Yeah, you're right. You wouldn't have to go f- too far back to have some awesome matchups, and maybe uh, what about Troy oh, Jack? Troy Brower got, got Brower for his game seven heroics, uh, and Brower would be like, I mean, he won a Stanley Cup with uh, uh, with Chicago in ten, right? And then he t- turns around and he could play for uh, both sides. Yeah, I know a guy that's done that before, so I could give him yes. some advice. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, and Jammer could suit up for both teams. <laughs> yes, Jammer, oh. one shift on every team. Oh, we got this, shift. man. We got this down. So the Winter Classic yeah. Blues Blackhawks, and it's interesting because the Blues are not a big market team. But they do seem to have a lot of cachet at the NHL level, don't they? Just the name, the franchise, even though they haven't won a ton, it seems that they've got a pretty good brand that, as far as the oh. NHL is concerned. Absolutely, and they, you know what? Let's let's face it. Things have changed. I think, you know, from Chris Zimmerman and, and Tom and the respect that that they've gotten because of what they did with the the Winter Classic was a huge success. So that's number one. I mean, if that was a failure, then move. But that wasn't. It was it was a plus. Um, the All Star Game was a plus. The Stanley Cup Final was a plus. Everybody handled it well. From from PR, well, okay, we'll give Caruso a little plug out right here, and old mm-hmm. and old Dan O'Neill and the boys, okay, because they all did a great job. But I think. When you have that success, then the NHL looks at you like, okay, that's low maintenance. They they know what they're doing. They know how to do it. And also the ratings. You know, I, I know I just was perusing uh, the, the local ratings. And I know the ratings in St. Louis are down. I think they're down 22 or 23%. Um, and but, but overall, I mean, the Blues ratings have always been one that's carried national TV. That's why they want to do so many Blues games, because they get the eyeballs. And, and, so, uh, and the Hawks have always gotten the eyeballs there, and especially with Connor. You know, the, the resurgence of the Hawks have been a direct result of one guy, and that's why the ratings have been so good for, for Chicago. So, anyway, all that being said, I think it's a natural. So that'd be the third winter classic for the uh, for the Blues, and they're 2-0. and um, The Hawks, if I'm not mistaken, are 0-4 in winter classics. They played a couple of the stadium series as well, but um, they, they, uh, they don't have a winning record in that, so they would want to improve that with their 
their new uh, the next era under under Connor Bedard. Well, I like how we just fixed, which doesn't need fixing. The Winter Classic is awesome. It's one of the best thing the, things the NHL has ever done. Playing at Notre Dame and playing at the Steelers Stadium, all this outdoor, it's so much fun. I think we can do another thing though. Let's fix. I want the All Star Game to go back to being West East, like conferences. I just drafting the players. I, I just I want to see, and I know it's not like the old days where they play each other a bunch anyway. But are you with me? Can I get you on board, Western or Campbell yeah. and Wales or whatever we want to call it? Yeah, I, I I like that a lot. I mean, just East and West. I don't I don't mind that. And guess you know, but but you know, I guess the appeal is. And I, I remember when I started at ESPN in 93, my first all-star game was at Madison Square Garden. And it was Jan- January of, of 1994. And, and I remember that being such a big deal. You know, the, the Messiers and, well, obviously you got Gresk and Mary Lemieux and, and the Mike, even the Mike Richters, the hometown boys, Brian Leach. But, um, I don't know. I, I, I thought back then there was just something about the all-star game that was just, um, I, I don't know how to describe. Not iconic's not the right way to describe it. It was just, it just seemed like they were walking on water. These guys and it and they played hard. They tried hard. And I don't know what happened where where the team started not wanting to try hard. They put more money in front of them. They still don't try hard. And I I don't understand that. Um, I think a long time ago there was such a pride they didn't want to embarrass themselves out there. Um, and so. Um, you know, they changed it. Remember when Nagano began? The year before, 98, they switched it to, uh, I think it was North America versus everybody else. If I'm the not world, mistaken, or, yeah. The, yeah, it was a European kind of a flavor. And that worked for a couple of years. And then that fizzled as well. Um, but you you would then have a discrepancy in talent, um, you know, whether there's not as many stronger Europeans or, you know, and so now you've got an issue with, you're sticking these guys that aren't all-stars in there just because they're from Europe. Um, and I think we still have some of that. There was a lot of teams that weren't represented. There was a lot of teams that still had a lot of really good players that should have been represented. But um, going full five-on-five five and having full representation, I wouldn't mind that one bit. Uh, I'm a fan of that. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I think what the NFL and NBA struggle with in their Pro Bowls or All-Star games is it doesn't really resemble the game you watch all year. Now, baseball, there's plenty of things about the Major League Baseball All-Star game people don't like, but it it basically still resembles the game that you watch the rest yeah. of the year. And I think that's the critique. So tell tell Betts, Gary, uh, that we can fix it. <laughs> we can fix it for him. And I, I didn't mean for this visit to be like State of the League, but at the All-Star I, game... I think it's good. Well, he talked about expansion... And then he mentioned Cincinnati, and I, di- I didn't see that one coming, and it's not infringing, I think, on the Blues turf, but I would think Columbus wouldn't like it. Is Cincinnati in play? I've never – it's funny that that came out, out of left field for me, but I, I don't know I don't know Cincy at all. Like uh, last time I was in Cincy, it was the lockout of, I don't know, 1995, and I did an IHL game there. So that's, that's as far as I go there for Cincinnati, so I don't know. I was thinking more of – Honestly, I was thinking more of um, of Kansas City, of uh, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Um, there's been there's two groups, separate groups in um, Atlanta, um, and one's working very discreetly on certain areas, bringing it back out to where the Braves are, the Alpharetta, the Marietta area, um, that the Braves have had so much success with moving them from downtown to there. Um, so there's two groups there. So I, but but I, I personally I don't see that happening. But uh, Houston. Salt Lake, I still think Kansas City, but, but then this the, the 
Cincinnati might just be thrown in there, and maybe they're throwing them a bone. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, it's interesting to think about. And Kansas City be, I think, fun for St. Louis. I know the Blues have tried to kind of work their way into that market, so Tom and Z might not be crazy about that idea. But it would be fun, I think, for the rivalry here in St. Louis. I, I don't hate that idea. No, I, I mean I don't either. And I, um, I, I mean I love that the power and light district right there because you know the the Blues have played several preseason games, yep. and uh, I think I've gone to three of them myself. Uh, and 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 spent time there, and then there's that that other beautiful area as well. I can't remember what that's called. Not What's the called? plaza. Well, they have the plaza. And yeah, they the have plaza. Country area. Club yeah. or something. There's two things. Yeah, they got. Yeah, they got a, a number but, of places that are like gathering you spots. The battles at Mizzou. The battles at Mizzou. All the kids that go there, and which which team would they like? Oh boy, that would that would really. Separate. Oh, and then and then that way and then way down the road, yeah, you put the Winter Classic at Faroe Field, Mizzou's home turf for Ooh. Blues and Kansas City down the road. There you go. God, we get. See, man, you are good. You are good. Who's it? Who's it? I, Bill, get Bill Daly on the line, folks. We got ideas. Is he still there? <laughs> That's my, yeah, he sure is. Okay. Yes, he is. My references sometimes one. sometimes my references can be a little bit dated. I'm glad to know Bill <laughs> is still there. But since we're talking expansion, I, there's been a lot of talk too about Arizona. I like making fun of the fact that they play in this small arena that happens to be called Mullet Arena, which sounds like you know a good homage to hockey players in the '90s, but. What's going to happen there? Do you think the Coyotes will will survive in Phoenix? You used to be out there. I was out there, and I loved it out there. Um, um, and the reason, you know, they went into bankruptcy, and that was a, you know, that was that was that was the reason why I, I ended up in St. Louis. So funny how things work out for the for the better. Um, but as far as that, that situation is concerned, there is a deadline. There, are, the deadline's got to be closing in on whether or not they can get some land secured enough to build it. And if you had, even if you had land secured and you, and you, and you get the approval and you get the renditions. And from what I understand, they had an original rendition and then they wanted to add a practice or rink, uh, rink to the rendition. So that caused them a little bit more time, but all I've seen so far, and this is just my opinion on, on, on this group and the ownership group. And sometimes they're very premature in saying they've got something. They send out a press release to get everybody excited. And then, you know, it's, it's not a truthful press release and that's what happened with tempe i mean they needed votes from the, the citizens of tempe and they didn't get it and so now they're stuck going into another market area so i think i mean time is obviously of of the essence and running out there in uh, in arizona which would be a real shame for me there are a lot of people that love the game of hockey but they put the they put the arena in the wrong area 85 percent of season ticket holders are not in glendale and peoria they are they are over there. They're in Scottsdale. Uh, they're in um, uh, they're in Tempe. They're in you know they're they're in that side of it. And so that's where you get your walk up. Listen, Mullet Arena scares me for for a couple of reasons. What if what if the Phoenix Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, got on a roll, made the playoffs because yep. they're in the hunt right now. They're one of five, and you're playing your first round playoff series there. And then they win that round, and they go to the second round. I'm being very hypothetical, yep. obviously. And they make a run all the way to the Stanley Cup final, even the conference final. Like, it doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. And that's, that's, that's the part that, woof, be careful about where we're heading here in the future for me. Yeah, you're right. That would be a be the toughest ticket in the history of the NHL if you had a team with a 5,000-seat arena playing 
in the Stanley Cup final. Well, since we're talking about the West, and Phoenix is sort of in that area with the Blues down there trying to get in, in the West, can we agree on all these? So Vancouver's in. We're talking playoffs now. Vancouver in, correct? For sure. Colorado, Dallas, Vegas. There's four. They're all going. Winnipeg, they're going to go. Edmonton, barring, I guess, a big collapse, would you say they're going to make it? Uh, They're going. How about the Kings? Probably. So there's – Prop, there's number seven, okay? No, that's so, a drop-off for me. Okay. So, all right. So, so let's say Edmonton got a six that we're going to give the panger seal of guarantee, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And now, and now you – Yeah, we're going to give them all. Okay, two spots left. So you have L.A. currently, then the Blues, yep. Nashville, Seattle, Calgary, Arizona. Is that – so we really – those five, L.A., St. Louis, Nashville, Seattle, Calgary, well, I guess it's Arizona would be six teams for two spots. That, that's how you handicap it, right, at this point? So the Blues, I, and I would say I, the Blues have every chance based on the uh, opposition, I think, to get in. I, I, I agree with you. L.A., I mean, having to make a, a coaching change where the first three months of the year or two months of the year, Todd McClellan is the coach of the year, and then all of a sudden he can't coach. Give, you know, like, give me a break. I mean, but they, you know, you see the trickle-down effect. I mean, Army had to make that hard decision with Chief. Uh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers had to make their decision. Um, there's been enough tick with the coaches that have come in, and that's where the pressure's on the L.A. Kings and their GM, Rob Blake, to say, we, I guess we got to make a move right here. Uh, the best coach they have is the one they just let go for me, and, and, and that's, a, that's a really a, a tough one. So for me, how does that team – you know, come out of it. Um, they've got a couple of players that have uh, been well-known that, that haven't pulled their weight, signing long-term deals in Seattle and Dubois. Um, you know, they've got guys in there that care like crazy, like uh, like Dowdy and, and Kopitar, and I love Dowdy to death. I mean, he just he just says what's on his mind, and, and, and I love the way he does that and says it. Um, and then, you know, so the, L.A. to me is dropping, and I don't think they've got the goaltending anyway. The Blues have got the goaltending because we all know Jordan Binnington. To me, he's still a, he's still a top goaltender in the league, and he can still win games on his own. Uh, Nashville's got a goalie that can win games on their own, so there's your two teams for me. Um, I've got – I don't have Calgary. I don't have Arizona. I don't have Minnesota. I just saw them last night. Boy, they had to work awfully hard just to get – you know, just to have a, a you know, boy, a, a one-goal win over the last-place team in the, in the National Hockey League. So – um, I don't know where they're at, but I don't see them heading up. So I'm, I'm going to say it's between L.A., St. Louis, Nashville. Seattle? I, eh. L.A., St. Louis, yeah. Seattle, Calgary, eh, Arizona. A toss-up for me between if Seattle can even get in there. But let's say they can. So let's go, let's go Seattle in there. That's okay. four teams. But the Blues are, I think, you have every chance to be one of those teams. There's no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. When you start comparing who they're, you know, up against to get in. Oh, there it is, the playoff breakdown. I apologize to Darren Pang because before the show we started riffing on former Chicago Bears because I forgot you were a Chicago guy back in the day. Did you ever run into Bears player back? You were there. It was still the Ditka Bears, right? That's exactly right. I'm, I, I never forget how he how he said it when he was ending his tenure there. This too shall pass. He must have said that a hundred times. Um, yeah, I was. I mean, I you know met all the guys, uh, played golf with a lot of them. I played in an event uh, that CBS handled every summer 
um, and it was at the Rich Harvest Farms, and I was often paired with uh, the great late Walter Payton. Mm. Um, uh, we had uh, Jim McMahon always played. We had a group of, of guys here that would play in charity outings because there's so many here. Uh, but instead of going to dinner or at least being really late for dinner, fashionably late for dinner, even Michael Jordan often, uh, we, we would all get together. We'd all, you'd have a lot of the Blackhawk players, uh, a lot of the baseball players, and then you'd have a group of those guys that I just mentioned. And we would head out, head on out in the tensum and we would play, you know, skins, uh, whatever it would be, $100 a man a hole for skins and carryovers. And, and we would, we'd all got to know each other. So in fact, at one point, the, 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 uh, Hawks, the Bears, uh, the Chicago Six band played at a couple of concert venues. Uh, that was unbelievable. So Gary Nyland and Troy Murray, uh, Kurt Fraser, Walter Payton on the drums. Wow. I believe Dan Hampton was there as well. Um, Dave Dewerson. So all these guys had a band going. So everybody did know each other quite well. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, what, next time I'm going to dig a little deeper. We'll talk about your Chicago days, your... Chicago Connections, hanging with the boys there in Chicago. It's Darren Pang. You can see him on TNT, part of the Blackhawks broadcast as well, Winter Classic. That's going to be fun. He's going to call Bettman when we hang up and get all of these changes done, including the return of the alumni game during the Winter Classic. Panger, always a pleasure. Love it. My pleasure. You have a great week. Okay, pal? And on the line now, it's Big Walt. Keith Kachuk Wednesdays with Walt when we do call him or track him down. By the way, we're at the uh, Hall of Fame night. Walt's getting his blue jacket, a Blues Hall of Famer. I'm talking to his best buddies, Jimmy O'Brien, O.B. Clarks, Doug Krogan. And I think one of them, I can't remember if it was O.B. or Krogan, said, hey, when you call Walt, is he always like golfing or at the dry cleaner or the drive? I'm like, I know. We're trying to nail him down. And today we did. We gave him a little extra time today to prepare. Big Walt, how are you? Hey, sorry, 2020. I missed the first phone call. I apologize. You're, it's okay. Just trying to do some work here, pal. Oh. Trying to do some work. Why not track of time? Make, make me feel worse and say it was something from my wife, Chantel, or Doug Armstrong called and I had to file a report. And then I'm like, okay, my my little puppet show doesn't really matter now, does it? I was watching for some video, buddy, for the Blues. I'm always working, oh, kid. You're always working for you. That sounds like a local TV slogan. Keith Kachuk, <laughs> always working for you. How about Brady last night? Hat trick for Brady Kachuk. Yeah, that was good. For him. Happy for him. Um, it was great for his team. Uh, they needed that win. Um, you know, they're actually, uh, I think they're 6-1-1 one one or something, or 6-1-2 in the last uh, nine games or something. I think 6-1-2, and two, I believe. So it's good. I'm happy for him. You know, he's, uh, you know, he works hard. So it was good to see him get rewarded last night and get a big W. Has he settled in as far as being a captain? I mean, they put that C on him pretty young. And yeah. and he, he's kind of, I mean, people that don't know, he's a little low-key at times, right? So how has he had to kind of embrace that role? I think it's difficult, uh, you know, being young and being a captain in a Canadian market um, with a young team. So it's not easy. Um, you usually have a lot of vets around you, but, you know, they're a young team. And, you know, um, he takes things to heart. He, you know, wears his heart in his sleeves. So he gets emotional at times. Um, but, you know, this is a learning curve for him. Um, you know, he's got to, you know, rely on his teammates. But it's been, a, it's been a challenge, especially this year, with the high expectations of the team. So he's been really, really you know, emotional at times, but, you know, this will make him better in the long run. What's Ottawa like as a hockey market? We know Toronto and Montreal. I feel like we talk about them a lot in terms of their hockey fans. Is Ottawa just as rabid about their team? 
Yeah, until uh, until Toronto comes to town, that's like eighty <laughs> percent Toronto fans, which makes me sick to my stomach. But no, Ottawa, they have a great fan base. They're passionate about their team. Things are heading in the right direction with the ownership and different things, and the building has been really good. Uh, they're getting a lot more fans than they did in the past. You know, you know, a little disappointing this year, but you know, like I said, it's been better lately. Um, still playing in a tough division, but they have they have great fans, and I know Brady's really happy up there. It was Toronto and Ottawa that recent game that led to the suspension for Riley of the Maple Leafs, and so it was the end. Of, for people who didn't see, it was the end of the game, and it's an empty net goal. And the complaint from Toronto was that the the Senators scored like you. And what are the rules? Like an empty net, you're not supposed to shoot a slap shot. You're supposed to just tap it in. Is that an unwritten rule? Well, I don't know. I mean, things have changed. You know, he's a kid who did it. He's a good kid. He plays hard. He's a great teammate. I've met him numerous times. He's a great kid. So I know the Ottawa Senators have his back. You know, it's a difficult situation. Ottawa, I mean, Toronto lost. Um, you know, Ottawa was playing at home, but it still felt like a road game. So I'm sure the Ridley great kid wanted to rub it in a little bit. And obviously, O'Reilly didn't like it, but everybody's making a big, yeah, he cross-checked, got suspended. That's the right call. But I love some of these people saying, "Oh, I love the emotion of the Toronto." None of the other, none of the other guys did anything on the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's why I laughed. I mean, you cross-checked them. You know, I probably would have done something similar. But you know, it is what it is. It's a big rivalry, and you move on. Have you ever been mad? I feel like at that point, the game's over. Like, who cares about an empty net goal? Is that ever? Is that typically been a topic? Well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, they're probably mad. I think they, you know, Ottawa's done, you know, Ottawa's still out of playoff spot, and Toronto's fighting for their lives right now, and probably things didn't go the way Toronto wanted, and, you know, I get both sides of it. I really do. I mean, I'm, you know, they lost, and they're pissed off, and Riley did what he had to do, and, you know, it is what it is. I get it. Uh, by the way, Brady did get mocked by Big Walt at the Missouri Athletic Club the night of the Blues alumni induction for his lack of acting skills on the phone call uh, to Big Walt. How about that night itself? Mom was there. Uh, Dad was there. The family. Well, the boys weren't there. But uh, what did that mean to you to be part of that night as a newest member of the Blues Hall of Fame? It was great. I mean, everything the Blues do, especially with Mike Caruso's behind it, you know, it's, it's first class. I mean, I was so surprised when I got the call, especially when the boys told me. And, and obviously, having Chantel there, my parents, my brother showed up with my buddies from Boston, and then my St. Louis buddies, and, and it was great. The former players, there was just, and to do it with uh, Mike and obviously Pav, uh, you know, my, one of my dearest friends. And have an owl up there, prongs, and you know it, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was one of those things that exceeded my expectations, and you know, then to be able to come to the rink the next day and drop the puck and be a part of that all, and you know, I miss playing obviously, but you know, being part of this, you know, St. Louis tradition is it means a lot to me. I love the Blues, I love the franchise, I love the fans, I love everything about it. But it was a great event, it really was. It's a pretty good collection of Hall of Famers. I think Red Berenson said it that I, night. I, yeah, I, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot about Holly too. He was he was the main attraction. It was awesome. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I in the lobby. So we're doing interviews. We're running around, and Holly gets called over to. I don't know who I told this story to, but he gets called over to interview with a kid. It's another probably a Mike Caruso Spielberg production, and <laughs> Holly turns to me and goes, "Here, hold this," and he hands me like a Manhattan, and I'm like. 
You really want me to hold this for you? You sure about that? You're handing it to the wrong guy. But you're right. Hully was there, Prongs, McKinnis, and Red Berenson said if everybody was in their prime, this Blues alumni group, he said, this could beat just about any alumni group in the league. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, the, the amount of people that came in, you know, Gary Unger was there. Obviously, Bernie's been a huge part of this franchise since day one. So, and Holly, it was, it was awesome. It was, you know, you, you, when you do these things, you guys go up there and give speeches. I thought it was a great way um, for people on whatever, you know, streaming saw and the people live saw just the stories and the fun events that led up to our careers with each other and, and part of the blues history. I think people love that. So, um, you know, I can't wait for next year to see who gets inducted and I can't wait to be a part of it. Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, our guest, other blues news, uh, separate from the team on the ice, the winter classic next year, Wrigley field. We had Chris Zimmerman on talking about it. How cool do you think that'll be for players? You're a big baseball fan to be at Wrigley field. It's probably going to be snowing in late December, early January. That's going to be about as good a setting as you'll get. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. I mean, uh, you know, we're lucky to be, you know, such a great franchise and be able to get tied in with stuff like this. And I think being at Wrigley, you know, thank God for Bedard, <laughs> kind of probably helped us get that game. So I think it's going to be great. I'm so pumped for the players. I think it's going to be an incredible experience for them, uh, incredible experience for the fans, and it renews the rivalry between the Blackhawks. And the Blues, I think it's going to be a great event, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm trying to get the alumni game back. You played in the one at Bush, didn't you? Yeah, and I'm, I'm a one and done. You're not. <laughs> I'm a one and yeah. done. <laughs> okay, so maybe you're not in this game, but if we bring it back, think about some of the younger guys, like Backus could oh. play. Uh, I don't know if Osh is retiring. Oh, you could have a lot of really uh, – Bar- uh, Barrett Jackman. Yeah. Still got it going. Jamal, Andy McDonald, all live in town and skate, so it's kind of a pretty good group. Yeah, who would Jamal play for? That's the only challenge there, right? Oh, yeah. He, he lives in St. Louis. I know. I love Louis. Jammer. I'm just saying he's a black hole. And even Troy Brower, I said, would play a period for each team. Yeah, he would. He works for us, so he's got to play for us. Who, Troy Brower does? Did I know that? Yeah, yeah. he does pro scouting for us out west. He does covers, uh, you know, Alberta, Vancouver, British Columbia, all that area. Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg. I want to do so that. Can I, I would like to be a scout in Vancouver. I'll just go to some you games. Never, you, but you never made it past JV. You can't be a <laughs> Did I, I sent you the dry cleaning bill. This is my relationship with Walt. This is what it's come down to. I'm at the dry cleaner. The lady comes out. It's like a couple of things. And she said, okay, your bill is 2020. I swear to you. I, scre- <laughs> I screenshotted it and sent it to you. Can't make, can't make that up. You can't make And she's like, why is this guy laughing? It's $20.20. 20 and I'm like, it's 2020. Uh, how about the Blues? Recent surge. This has been going on a while. They had the banister bump, we'll call it. Initially, they won five out of six, cooled off, and then they won seven out of nine. Uh, I think in your world, as part of the Blues front office, you have to feel better now about the chances to be a playoff team. 100%. The guys battled back. Um, you know, you had to make a change, I guess. And, you know, you, you, you get the result that, you know, a little spark from the guys. And I think different guys have stepped up. Uh, along the way, and, and you know, and especially with some injuries too, and you're missing Folky, Peronovic, and and you know, so it's it's, it's it was some big awesome defense. You have other guys stepping up, coming up from Springfield, done a good job. So uh, I like what I see. Obviously, you know, against Toronto was a tough one, but I think the guys will bounce back. And 
take care of business there at home, and um, it's going to be a battle the rest of the way, but we'll see what happens. Is Jake Neighbors a little bit of a throwback, a kid who is willing to fight, even if it's somebody a foot taller than him or willing to hit and, and kind of do – he reminds me of like a younger Shen. Yeah, he pays the price. He really does. He, um, you know, he's what, he's got 17 goals or something like that already, and then, you know, it's the way he scores. He's willing to go to the tough areas to – to find a way to help his team win, and, and you know that goes a long way in the locker room. When a young guy is willing to do whatever it takes, and he's not afraid, and that's that's St. Louis Blues hockey, and it's good to see Matt Kessel's another guy who's come up and really emerged, playing a couple of years in Springfield, done a good job. So you're getting good goaltending. So we'll see where it takes us. And you talk about young guys; these are people you probably saw play in. What are these made-up towns, Sarnia and these other places? Did you see neighbors uh, along the way? I, I watched a lot of a lot of him on video, um, so I got to see what he. You know, you saw the skill and you know the determination and the little things, and same with some of the other guys that we've seen. And obviously, you know, you're being led by Robert, you know, offensively right now, and it was good to see him get the nod up and up in Toronto for the All-Star game. But you know, Pareko's been outstanding. Pareko's been outstanding. So I mean. You're getting your players to step up. Cairo can heat up, and Schenner, Schenner, Schenner always battle. Bushnevitz is having a good year, so we like where it's heading. What is Pareko doing differently? He's always been good. He's never the guy that people wanted him to be, which was, oh, just hammer somebody. You're so big. And it was never, it was kind of like a Bo Meester thing. Just accept the skill set that they bring to the table. What is he, everybody has said this year he's been way better. What, what's he done differently? Well, he's just, he's just simple. I mean, he, I mean, first of all, he's six foot what five, and he can skate as good as anybody. And he has that burst of speed where he keeps he can he can be aggressive but still recover well to keep the outside. And he's just keeping things simple. And when you're that big and you can skate that well, you cover a lot of ice and you get in the way and you keep guys to the outside. That's just, that's huge for us. So he's done great, and um, you know he's got that calm kind of demeanor about him. Very very quiet kid, but. We'll do whatever it takes. So it's good to see him, you know, really leading by example back there on the, on the defense floor. And whether they get in as the seventh best team in the West or the eighth or whatever, what, in your world where you and Doug sit, I mean, what does it mean to be in as opposed to just not not making the playoffs two years in a row is oh. pretty rare for the Blues. Well, the guys battle. It wasn't looking good for a while, but the guys battle, put themselves back in a great position. To And you saw what Florida did last year. You just got to get in and, you know, um, and see what happens. You get hot at the right moment. Bennington's done it before. You got hope for two in case. So, I really like our goaltending, and and uh, guys have been there. We still got guys who've been in the situation. So, um, you know, I just get in and get in, and, and you know, at the right time, being hot, and that should take you through no matter who you play. Robert Thomas, you mentioned, got the All Star invite. I looked it up at the break. He led the Blues in every category, including penalty minutes, which shocked me. I didn't realize that. Every single category is he about to go to the next level? You think in terms of how the league view? I mean, like he's well known around here. Is his star well, growing? I'll, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it with the whole penalty minutes. I can't take your word for it because that's shocking. I swear to you, so, and I, I saw okay. that. You think it was a typo? Well, I think so. But um, but offensively in other categories, one hundred percent. This kid has lifted his game up to another level, and I think you know Doug challenged him over the summer, and this kid came to play. His skating, his hockey sense, his skill level. Um, he wants to be the guy, and he's finding a way to make other guys better, and that's what good leaders do. 
It's Big Walt. Keith Yachuk will let him go. He swore off the Sox on this show. Are you done with the Patriots? Are you giving up on them? I'm trying no, to... no, I like them. I like the Patriots. Okay. I, like the... I, was there when... I was there when they were crappy. With Steve Grogan. John Hanna. Russ you know, Francis. Russ Francis. You know, yeah, well, Russ... There were good teams back there. Andre Tippett. You know, been... I've always been a pass man. Okay. I'll stick right. with them. I was trying to get you to swear off yet. I was going to slowly eliminate no. all the Boston teams. Okay, no. just the Sox. Just the Sox. All right, buddy. Great talk. All right, 2020. Thanks for having me, buddy. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.